and welcome to a geometric episode of oh. We Only Look Thin. I am Catherine Weigel. I'm a square, and <laughs> <laughs> I have lost about 150 pounds, and with me today is my rhombus... Donald Weigel. <laughs> Which is I'm, also a square. <laughs> I am rhombusing along. It's just a different kind of a square. Um, definitely a square, though. And I have lost a little over 100 pounds. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And congratulations to you. Thank you. And uh, I have kept it off for uh, just about two years now. I've been I've been keeping it off also, mostly. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm working hard, again, to keep off more of what I have kept off. <laughs> Um, a little of it that has not been kept off needs to be I like taken to, back off. I like to think that I've gained a little bit to remind myself how awesome it feels to lose. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you look at it that way. Yeah, like you need to gain a little weight to have that sense of accomplishment again. Exactly. <laughs> um, but speaking of accomplishment, uh, you you lost a little extra weight about a week ago. <laughs> oh, which my goodness. must be nice. Uh, when, uh, oh, my just, goodness. Just for you young kids out there. So uh, it turns out that when you turn 50 years old, which I did in early December of 2019, uh, you are supposed to get a colonoscopy. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to do the wah, 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 but I decided on the can You look like can, you had can. something to the say. The can so can I, get it. can can. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, let I me tell even. you, it was a real pain in the keister. Oh, ah, boy. Get it? Yep. Get uh, it? Uh, um, so Donald but, couldn't eat for two days. Yeah, it was almost It was almost two whole days I couldn't eat anything from about 9 p.m. No, it wasn't quite. But anyway, 9 p.m. on Friday night until uh, like 2 in the afternoon on Monday, I couldn't eat anything. Good times. And I was going to, in unity, I was going to fast with him. I think I lasted until like 9 a.m. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to have a snack. Yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, and I don't typically even eat lunch until, you know, I don't eat breakfast until the afternoon, typically. And, you know, I woke up knowing I couldn't eat and suddenly I was starving and like, you know, ravenous. And I, I was like pre-hungry. Yeah. And, and even before you had to fast, the day before, you were like, I want to tank up now. I'm yeah, going to get all my cows yeah, those, in. Those old habits uh, uh, sinking fast. But the the good news is in the must be nice category, like after I did, I did lose like two and a half pounds or something like that. Oh, the easy street. <laughs> easy street to weight loss. It was miserable. Yeah, he um, was not doing The procedure great. itself wasn't too bad. They knocked me out. But the uh, the like the day and a half leading up to it was pretty rough. Uh, the, the whole fasting. And then there's other... You know, things involving Good heavy laxatives, times. which I won't get into, but uh, that were not fun either. Yeah, but uh, but he was down on the scale, and that's what I'd like to focus on, because really, <laughs> not having to fast or do it at all was very easy for me. Yeah. And uh, I enjoyed eating food, but I was a little jealous that he was down on the scale. So, uh, And that just about wraps it up, everyone. Your <laughs> tip of the week is get yeah. a colonoscopy, which well, is also your product of I the know, week. I know we always talk about having three parts of the episode. We've got usually the towel. Tip of the week. Tau! Tau! And then we've got the main topic, which has something to do with geometry. And then uh, and then we usually have the POW, the product of the product week. Product of the week to you. But we actually have a fourth section, which we kind of forget about. 
the fun banter at the beginning, <laughs> the lighthearted, smooth jazz portion of the, and uh, the This episode. wraps up your lighthearted colonoscopy section <laughs> of this week's episode. Now, someone recently commented about our banter uh, being hard to manage. Too <laughs> much banter. Well, getting your money's worth, everybody. Wherever you are, you're getting it, and it's worth it. And uh, But yeah, I wanted to talk about Donald's colonoscopy, and we did it. And so that uh, finishes the banter section of this episode. <laughs> Let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, go, uh, in all seriousness, uh, be a grown-up and get your exams done. In in all seriousness, I am thankful to live in a time where I can relatively inexpensively get one and then, you know, not be, not just find out the hard way, so to speak, that I have colon cancer. And, you know, being able to have the ability to get screened for it is a a privilege. And uh, I am thankful to live in a time when that is possible. Yeah. And uh, I uh, got my mammogram. I got uh, my gynecological annual exam. Uh, It's not, you know, it's not fun. Fun isn't really what it's all about, but uh, preventive medicine is uh, is what we're selling here. And it's what we're talking about. Thanks for turning this around and making it about you. No, but it's important. I know just just because you have health insurance doesn't mean you're going to use it. I know plenty of people who have it and are like, I just don't want to know. I am not going to deal with that. So I'm very proud of you for actually getting it done. Like you and you know, it's sort of like scale avoidance. Like if you know, you've been eating terribly, you know, I know that a lot of times I just, you know, don't want to get on the scale, or at least in the past, I would just avoid the scale when I knew I had been eating terribly. But it is better to, you know, take that medicine and own up to it and, you know, not wait until things are too late. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, get it done. We're grownups and, uh, it is a gift to be able to care for your body. And that is our, uh, banter of the week. Banter of the week. (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay. We're not adding another. (laughs) No, no, no. That was uh, a one time. Now it is time for the tip of the week. Tip of the week to you, darling. Tip of the week to you. And this was something, uh, as far as I know, was completely invented by you. It was invented by me. Uh, For Christmas, I asked Donald for a luxurious Christian Dior lip gloss Mm, because I'm fancy like that. Um, But uh, it was it's sort of a minty lip plumping lip gloss. And now I'm going to tell you what the tip is, actually. (laughs) (laughs) The tip is I have started putting on the lip gloss, which is scented and tastes minty. I put it on when I'm reminding myself that it's not time to eat. It is Ah. is a a sensory reminder that the kitchen is closed. Now, sure, you can brush your teeth. Sure, you can just be a grown-up and abstain because you're a grown-up grown-up. But if you need a little extra uh, physical reminder that the kitchen is closed – Break out your Bonnie Bell strawberry flavored lip gloss and yeah. slather it on. And the the minted, uh, in, in seriousness, the lip gloss that I use, the scent uh, and the flavor last for probably 45 minutes or so. And so recently I have been, whenever I'm feeling kind of snacky, I will put on the lip gloss, which is minty. And uh, it takes 45 minutes for it to sort of wear off. And by then snack attack is passed yeah so uh so it's just i know it's a gimmicky thing like we're actually going to talk about mindset a lot in this episode and this is just one little tiny you know 
trick tip of the week to get through. But grab your lip smackers. They've got the root beer flavor. They've got watermelon. Well, I think you could even make it a fun game with yourself to to put it on and legitimately be like, I am not going to eat anything until I can no longer taste it, you know, until it's gone. And it it you know gamify it at least that's you know that works for me more than anything else is sort of gamifying things or you know proving to myself that I can do something well and it you know I think it's so easy I know for me because I have a, a limited attention span it's easy Tell for me, me to forget physical cues but actually being able to have tingly lips for a little while that reminds me like oh my you know this isn't the time to eat so there are lots of ways to get it done but uh it is something that I've used in the last couple of weeks, and it's been beneficial. And uh, it took me down memory lane, just going back to the 80s with all those uh, fancy kiss- kissing potions and your Bonnie Bell liquid oh, yeah. uh, lips and uh, lip smackers and birdie bees. Lots of ways to get it done. Uh, they sell bulk packs of chapstick um, at Target with you know 25 different flavors uh, for each of your moods. Uh, but it's helped me, and uh, so that's tip of the week, and you can take it or leave it. <laughs> and that is your tip of the week. Take it or leave it. That was a little aggressive. <laughs> well, tip of the week tip to, of the you. Week to take you. Take it or leave it. <laughs> well, look, I know we come up with a lot of lighthearted gimmicks or lighthearted ways to make the process easier. And I'm not saying that the chapstick is the way to weight loss. No, I'm no, not it's the saying, key. I'm not saying it's that. It's how I lost 100 pounds. <laughs> it's the one weird way. Yeah. But, uh, you know, eating off of a smaller plate, all of these little accessories to the core plan, they actually matter. Yeah. And I'm always looking, look, it is Well, boring. and they add up. And, you know, we talk about all the time the, the sort of the grain of sand method. You know, it's like one grain of sand doesn't seem like much, but you, you know, you keep putting them like one on top of the other and eventually you have a beach. And, you know, in that in this case, that beach is hitting your goal weight. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that was the tip of the week. Uh, you can... You can enjoy it. There. Is that better than take it or leave it? Sure. <laughs> okay. Sure. Excellent. So now we're going to uh, buzz on over to our main geometric topic of the week. Yeah. And with- uh, we're going to talk about uh, something that you may have heard of before, which is the hierarchy of needs. Um, and there's a gentleman named Abraham Harold Maslow. Oh, middle name. I mm-hmm. mentioned the middle name in case you're like, you know, in a trivia contest and like it comes up, you'll be like, Harold, I know that answer. Or like somebody comes in and they're like, I'm going to give away my fortune to the first person who can tell me Maslow's <laughs> middle name. And you're you like, know, that is literally our problem in life is all the things we keep around just in case, just like in knowing case, that I his know. middle name is Harold. I know. But he was uh, he was born in 1908, uh, lived till 1970. He was a psychologist who studied positive human qualities and the lives of exemplary people. And in 1954, he created a very famous uh, pyramid called the Hierarchy of Human Needs. And uh, essentially, the pyramid, which I'm sure you you know saw in grade school science or college psychology class or something like that. It starts at the bottom with priorities are if you don't have food or water or sleep or you can't breathe, like those things become your number one priority. And it is difficult to worry about, you know, things like finding a job when you don't have food, you know, for example. You know, you can't really work on your relationship um, if you can't actually find food or water. And so those basic human needs are at the bottom. 
And then the next level of the pyramid are safety needs, you know, security of your body, of employment, of resources, of family, health, property. And then the next step up is love and belonging. You work on, you know, friendship, family. And then esteem is next up. You know, if you have all those other things together, then you can start working on your self-esteem. And then at the very top of the pyramid is self-actualization, which are things involving like morality, creativity, spontaneity, problem solving, acceptance of facts, um, sort of becoming the best person that you can is at the very top of that pyramid. And and we recently in Walt Place... uh, someone was talking about uh, some struggles that they were going through. And that's sort of what prompted the idea of doing an episode on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Because if you're dealing with, for example, depression or job loss or divorce or a family illness, that sort of base need is very distracting from going on to those navel gazing like, oh boy, I'm going to do a vision board. Like you're not doing a vision board if you don't know how you're going to pay the bills this week. And so we just sort of wanted to talk about how our base needs and our base habits have to come before we get to that self-actualization part. Well, you told me a story about how you know, we are, our daughter is adopted. Um, it's a long story, but when you found out about that, we were going to take her in, like, you know, Catherine and I hadn't actually intended to have kids of our own. And then suddenly we, you know, had an eight year old. And when you found out that same day, you were going to a Weight Watchers meeting. Yeah. So, uh, as everyone knows, I was working on losing 50 pounds very quickly for about 20 years or so. And I had decided to, uh, in, gosh, when was it? 2014, 2015. um, I decided to go back to Weight Watchers for the 30th time to try to lose the weight quickly. And on the very same day that I decided I was going to go back to Weight Watchers, we found out that we were going to be parents. And it shattered me. Like, I, I... This is hard to say. We love our daughter with all of our hearts. I would never change anything, but it was not in our plan. And the situation that she was coming out of was a difficult one. Yeah. And it felt like my entire world was crashing around. Yeah. I mean, our whole lives were turned upside down by it. I mean, very different than what we imagined things were going to be. And the the bottom line here is that it's very difficult to focus at a Weight Watchers meeting on, you know, people asking where the one point muffins are, right. like what aisle they're in and, and things like that. Like it seems so trivial when you're dealing with something huge like that. Right. And I remember sitting in the meeting and feeling like I was just in sort of an emotional war zone and I'm sitting in the chair and people are asking these questions and I just wanted to scream like how can all of you people act like life is normal when my life is crashing in around me and it felt trivial and it felt stupid and I felt so alone because it felt like everyone else was just worried about the one point muffins and here I was worrying about guardianship and legal forms and how are we going to do this and you know so it was really big and I'm sure each of you listening have been through a situation where your life has been turned upside down you've lost a job you've lost lost a loved one you found out about an illness you know something in your life has just turned upside down and when you're faced with that kind of 
life safety base kind of everything that you know is upside down, like Donald said, thinking about those higher level, like, oh, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. You're just trying to survive every day. You're just trying to breathe. It's like, and it is really lonely when you're in a position where you feel like the entire world is still moving on and you're dealing with grief and loss and worry and, you know, all of these different emotions. And I spent so many years and and it's not even it doesn't even have to be a huge thing. I didn't have boundaries. Yeah. Five years ago. And we're we want to talk sort of about the foundation of the the things that we have in place now that we skipped over before. For 20 25 years I tried to lose weight and I tried to get to that self-actualization that the tip of the iceberg of success. Yeah. And I kept leaping over all of my life to get to that well why can't I just lose 100 pounds. Yeah, and you know it, it it's one of those things we feel like as as people that we should know how to do this, that we should be able to isn't it obvious how you lose weight? Isn't it obvious to do this? But yeah. we don't deal with the the things that got us to where we were when we were at our heaviest. You know, we don't deal with setting boundaries. You know, some people try and fix everybody else's problems before they start working yeah. on their own, you know, and it's not setting those boundaries. Maybe you have shame issues that you haven't dealt with. Maybe you have issues with secret eating that you haven't dealt with. You know, I know I dealt with secret eating and still deal with it occasionally um, and, and issues of shame and, you know, trying to deal with work stress and things like that through food and emotional eating and not dealing with those basic things um, and just trying to, you know, jump straight to, well, I've got to do the exercise and I've got to go on this specific meal plan and I'm not really dealing with the things at the bottom of the pyramid before I'm trying to deal with the things that are higher up. Well, and two, and we we talked we talked about this before in human life. Um, I tried so many plans. <laughs> human life. <laughs> human life. I tried so many times to, you know, be told what to eat when, you know, like follow yeah. this, you know, this five day meal plan of just eating these four things and you'll lose twenty pounds. So I did these diet plans or I would look for these one weird tricks that would skip over all of my emotional life, all of my baggage to help me lose weight, whether it was, you know, and I still see people do this who are like, just tell me what to eat. Tell me what to eat. And it is so not about what you eat. I mean, we eat frozen food. We eat, you know, like convenience food and we're not making home cooked meals every night. And it's not about what we're eating. It's about our mindset and the mindset, like the base habits are one thing and then working on mindset. And then at the top of the pyramid is sort of the actual lifestyle changes. Yeah. When you're setting boundaries, when you feel like you deserve to take up space in the world, when you feel like your body is worth taking care of, and when you don't feel worthy, when you feel shame, like Don said, like it's really hard to get to a place where you feel like you're outgoing and valuable and optimistic when you feel personal shame for losing your job or overwhelmed because of grief or loss. And so we just want you to be aware that there are so many different factors that go into a successful weight loss journey. And we weren't equipped five years ago for any of it. 
No, and it was a learning process along the way. And if you're already listening to this podcast, then you are already, you know, on that journey of of trying to find the right path for yourself. But I spent, you know, decades trying to start at the top of the pyramid and being like, okay, I'm doing nothing right now. I am going to exercise for an hour a day, every day, you know, no matter what, going to the gym. I'm going to drop from eating 4,000 calories a day down to, you know, 1,000 calories a day. And I am going to be able to keep doing this and I'm going to stick to it and I'm going to end up losing the weight. And sometimes I would be able to keep that up for a few months or even a year. Um, But eventually I would always slip back down the side of that pyramid because I didn't have the foundation in place. I didn't have the basic skills to to maintain being at the top of that pyramid. Well, and I think... And this is what happened to me over and over again is because I tried to get to this cabbage soup diet is going to fix my life. This master cleanse is going to fix my life. Yeah. Like, this was what I was missing. This is the silver bullet. Right. And I would then blame the plan for my failure. Yeah. Like, I see, I can't do it. See, nothing works for me. And I never built that foundation of boundaries and sustainable habits and an understanding of my own loopholes and the stories that I would tell myself. Like, we've done so much work. And if you've listened to the episodes that we've talked about, like, all of this is stuff that we've employed as our foundation to get to a point where we're optimistic, where we're grateful, and where we see a future for ourselves that you know, that is actually worth fighting for. Yeah. And and I feel like weight loss might be the only thing at which we think that we are, we need to start at perfection. You know, if you were going to learn how to play a musical instrument, your first task wouldn't be to learn how to play a concert piece. You know, it would be to sit down with a teacher and have them show you proper finger positions and learn basics. And I don't play piano, but, you know, learn. If if he had, he would have been very, very, oh, very been, good at it. I would have been amazing at it if I had actually learned. Um, but... You know, that was from Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> the yeah, the super hip Pride and Prejudice reference. Uh, but learning scales and learning proper hand positions and learning the way to sit and you know learning what to do with the left hand and the right hand and and starting with the basics and working your way up to being able to play a concert piece. That's how you would expect to learn how to play a musical instrument or to play a sport. You know, you would start with the basics and you would learn how to, you know, do the basics. You can't you can't run if you don't know how to walk. But for some reason with weight loss, we want to start right at the top and be perfect at it from the beginning and not start at the bottom and learn the fundamentals that, first. That reminds me, I way back in the day, I was playing doubles tennis with, I know, doesn't it sound fantastic? Yeah, yeah, so <laughs> On my fancy. yacht, I was playing. Yeah. But I was that playing with yacht tennis is the best. I was playing with uh, two friends and then my little brother who was ten years younger than me, so he could like barely hold the tennis racket. Yeah, and one of our friends was a really great tennis player, and he was going like at a hundred percent, like Wimbledon level, you know, shots, slap shots. Is that what they do over sure. the net? Sure, yeah. why not? Yeah, I'm gonna say it is. And my little brother was like barely able to hold the tennis racket, and he. 
like he kept hitting it kind of outside the lines and like couldn't hit it over the net. And then finally he hit a really great swing. And like for an eight-year-old, 10-year-old, like you just want them to feel some success. Right. And so he, he hit it. It went over the net. And it went like a millimeter outside the line. And my professional friend grabbed the ball and was like, that was our point, 15 love. And I'm like, the kid just hit it over the net. Like, let the kid. He's like, oh, you don't learn by, you know, you don't want to just give in to him. And I felt so bad because here my brother was just like, I did it, I did it. And then like the mean man, you know, kicked him out. So you wouldn't do that to a child. You wouldn't, you know, if they were playing no, Twinkle I, Little Star, I feel like you we wouldn't do that to each other. You know, we had an episode about, you know, Roger, the personal trainer, oh, you know, Roger. who was, we were talking about how, you know, you can get fit by walking and doing these things without a gym. And, <laughs> and then we and, were Roger shamed. <laughs> and then Roger, you know, on this message board was like, you, you know, you need you, to be able to. You, you owe know, it to society. You owe it to society to be able to lift refrigerators off of people. And I mean, it was seriously something Not along the kidding. lines of like, you know, if you, what if somebody needed medicine and you had to run two miles to get it? Like, you need to be able to do that sort of thing. We're like, we're just trying to get healthy and relatively fit yeah, like, like we're not pick ourselves become, up off the ground yeah not. we're not trying to become olympic athletes here we're just trying to stop being you know sedentary people who are 100 plus pounds overweight and you know i feel like you know you can get shamed into that sort of thing just like shaming a 10 year old for hitting it <laughs> slightly outside the line um and you know i think for years and years we would only see the tip of the iceberg. You know, we'd be um, we'd be sailing along in the Titanic and see the tip of the iceberg and think that we could start right there and not realize that there was this giant, you know, iceberg under the water that we weren't even aware existed. And just doing things, you know, learning the fundamentals of tracking our food and, um increasing our activity and, you know, just gently reducing the amount of calories I was intaking, like doing those things in baby steps and realizing I didn't have to go from zero to 100% pain all at once, you know, that I could gradually go to 100% pain (laughs) was really, though, the key for me being able to take the weight off and keep the weight off. You know, I started by by eating 4,000 calories a day and doing pretty much nothing and just being able to gently reduce my calories and gently increase my steps, over time, it became just sort of normal. You know, I would I would increase my steps and then that would become normal and then increase some more and that would become normal. And now, you know, it is normal for me to do 20,000 steps a day, but I don't expect people to start there. Well, and two, in the last few years, we have gone from walking 1,400 steps a day to 17,000 steps a day, 20,000 steps a day. And there have been times where we have felt perfect. Like we have felt 100% on our game. We feel like we're we're at that self-actualization, like it's never going to change. And then something happens. Like we, one of us gets sick or I hurt my knee, like, and then I slip back and then suddenly I can't get my steps. And we did an episode uh, in our first year, I think called uh, Winter is Coming. Yeah. A timely reference to Game of Thrones. Uh, Hot off the presses. (laughs) (laughs) I like how a Game of Thrones reference is off the presses. Off the presses. I guess they were books before it was a TV show. So the Winter is Coming episode was about the unexpected challenges 
that we face that we know are going to come at some point in our lives. But when we're feeling fine or there's no drama in our lives, we think it's going to be like that forever. And we yeah. don't plan for the future. We don't put you know uh, money away for retirement. We don't squirrel away nuts. Or do nuts squirrel away? Or do we squirrel squirrels or nut nuts? I um, don't know. Something happens something with gets, squirrels and something nuts. Something gets squirreled away. That's yeah. <laughs> all I know. Um, but planning for a future that might present a challenge includes having base habits in place for those times when there are challenges. And having those baseline habits in place keeps me from just giving up. You know, having that foundation at the bottom of the pyramid that I've worked on and that is now just a natural part of my life you know, when if somebody comes to visit and we end up going out to eat like four days in a row, I don't just give up. And, you know, when that person leaves town, I'm not like, well, I guess I ate I ate out four days in a row. I guess it's over. I'm just going to, you know, eat out forever now and gain that weight back. Which we did very well for oh, yeah. decades. Yeah. And, but now we have the baseline habits in place and I know that I can get back to them, that I can, you know, it might be a little painful to do my, my strength training exercises if I haven't done them in a couple of weeks, but I know that I can slowly build back up to where I was before again. Yeah, and there are going to be setbacks. And I, I must say that we are coming from a currently a place of privilege. We have general health. We have, you know, our, our base needs are being met. And the mindset shift, like nothing has really changed from five years ago, yeah. six years ago. Like our circumstances are the same. We no, live in our, the same our place. Our jobs are still the same. You know, we still have to deal with being parents. You know, we still have to deal with all the other stresses of life. Um, but I think that we were able to take that couple of years and build that foundation and create those habits so that we can fall back on them when things get tough. Well, and so much of it, and in the past, and I've said this before, so much of it in the past was just, I want to lose the weight. And I didn't deal with my secret eating, my emotional eating, my lack of boundaries, my anger that I had at being a victim in my life. And it turns out I was not a victim. I just didn't have the boundaries in place to assert myself and to feel like I deserved to take up space in the world. And it was only when my mindset shifted at a base level, when I felt like like we did uh, an episode about what to say when you're talking to yourself. Shad Homesteader wrote a book uh, by, the same, by the same name of the name of his book. Um, <laughs> but... I had to change my self-talk. I had to go from I'm never going to lose weight to what haven't I tried? What can I change? What am I willing to do today? And once I started changing my language, I started actually believing that it was true. And that builds your way up the pyramid of I can never do it. It's impossible. Yeah to what can I change, what is my self-worth, to, oh my gosh, I'm actually worthy of an opinion, and then moving up to the highest level, which is what's next? What else am I not addressing? How does this apply? Oh gosh, well, maybe this whole weight loss thing also applies to finances, and maybe it applies to my job. And you know, like, and then you're able to really expand and look forward instead of feeling like a victim. And when you're at the bottom, when you feel like you don't deserve self-esteem, when yeah. you feel like you don't deserve 
deserve a bigger place in the world. Like that's where secret eating comes from. That's where emotional eating comes from. When you feel like you don't deserve uh, your top of the pyramid. Yeah. And, and, you know, what you can do right now, if you're, if you're at the bottom of the pyramid, if you're just starting, if you are, you know, somewhere partway up and you're looking at your goal and you're thinking, this seems overwhelming and impossible. Like I have to lose a hundred pounds or 40 pounds or 30 pounds, whatever it is. Um, and it's too big. Set yourself action oriented small goals right now instead of worrying about the results. Just think about, you know, what can I do right now? Can I add a little movement to my life? Can I reduce some calories? Can I prep, you know, one meal right now? Can I just do something to get myself uh, going and not worry about the the huge goal? Because the results will come if you do the small steps. For sure. And I, I mean, I remember at the beginning, I didn't think I was going to lose the weight. I just knew I needed to feel better in my own skin. Right. And I was sick and tired of being a victim. And when I made that shift, it changed everything. And I became like invested in exploring options, not just, you know, shake meal shake, not, <laughs> you know, not, oh, if you eat cabbage, it'll help. It right. was like, oh, wow, I have not dealt with managing my relationships. I have not dealt with my time management. I have not dealt with figuring out all the loopholes that I invoke all the time. And that journey of self-exploration mattered. I actually have a bunch of questions to ask one's self. Um, oh, uh, all right. Are you well, cool let, if I move on yeah, to that? please. So if you're trying to figure out where you are on the pyramid and sort of what to do about it, ask yourself what am I not dealing with right now? What am I avoiding in my life? Because we have different areas. We've got, you know, personal relationships, work, finances, um, you know, all these different things, all these different categories. And you might not even think that it relates to weight loss. Yeah. But as we've said before, it all relates because if you have a pain point in your life that you're not addressing, there's a very good chance that you're salving that with uh, snacks. And one thing I didn't realize, you know, I, I didn't really understand emotional eating back then and I wasn't dealing with it and I wasn't, I wasn't being honest with myself that I was eating a lot of food to make myself feel better, I kept telling myself I deserved it. And that was another key for me was realizing that, you know, that my emotional eating was really torpedoing me all the time. So another question is, what can you start working on now? This isn't about playing Chopin at Carnegie Hall. <laughs> this is Chopin about- Chopin got it done. He got it done. This is about learning the basics. What, given your circumstance today, given what is around you, what small thing could you put in place? What gravity issue do you need to let go of? Oh my goodness, What circumstance- that's a huge one. You've got a boss that you don't like. If you're not willing to change your job, okay, well, then it's not a problem today. How can I better equip myself to deal with a situation that I'm not in a position to change right now? Yeah. What drama am I bringing upon myself? That is a big one. Yeah, that is a huge one. The I victimized myself for decades about my life. Yeah. And once I realized that I was an active participant in making my own life like 
that was a hard thing because I just felt like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. I, I can't do anything. <laughs> am I avoiding my own health pyramid, food pyramid, $25,000 pyramid, what Egyptian pyramid, what pyramids <laughs> am I ignoring my own health goals and my own needs to try to fix someone else's life? Because I did that for a long time. I can't oh, take yeah. care of myself. I've got to worry about my grandmother's roof. Like, yeah, literally, using everybody like, else's problems as an excuse not to take care of yourself. Because you're not really, I, I mean, I know it's an old adage, but like you can't take care of others if you're not taking care of yourself. For sure. Um, are you showing yourself any grace if you are going through a time that is a, a season of stress, whether it's a loss or divorce or an illness or, you know, whatever – are you showing yourself some grace or are you beating yourself up so that your self-esteem is gone? Because like if you're in the middle, if you lost a job, it's really hard to have self-esteem and go, yeah, like, wow, I'm awesome because sure. you start feeling bad about yourself. What resources and support can I look for? What trusted people can I trust with my current shame or grief or you know, anxiety, whether it's um, a local support group, whether it's something like Walt Place, W-O-L-T, yeah. um, a, a clergy member or, you know, someone in your community who can be trusted, uh, you know, some sort of social uh, community outreach. Not everyone is ready to manage your situation. Yeah. And finding the right person who will be there to listen, figuring out what you actually need. Do you just need to share with someone? Do you need help? Figuring out what you need from your support community can really matter because sometimes you just need to get something off your chest. You don't need advice. Yeah. You just want a safe place to be vulnerable. Absolutely. Um, and then again, what are you ready to do today, given your circumstances? What small step can you take toward building that foundation? If you have boundary issues, I wouldn't suggest going into your boss's office and banging on their desk asking for a raise. I might start with a small boundary, like not bringing your work home on the weekends or not taking calls after five o'clock. Like start with something small. Yeah. Assert small boundaries because again, you're not, you know, starting at the very top with like suddenly you're a new person right and this is the new you i mean like they that happens all the time in movies where suddenly somebody makes a choice and they're like that's it that's what we're gonna do i know we just did a thing yeah on yeah you. yeah but like it takes a lot more courage and sustained habits to get to that point where you feel worthy enough to take up that space so really think about those things about their yourself what are you bringing on yourself what how can you make your circle smaller? I know we're talking about pyramids. I'm also talking about... <laughs> Whoa, it is a geometric episode. <laughs> we're squares. We've been talking about pyramids, and now it's circles. <laughs> now it's circles. Uh, so there's a lot of work to be done. Even today, with all of the progress that we've made, we are still working on those foundations. We are still working on preparing for our futures and to have those habits in place that will sustain us when things get tough, because things are going to get tough. Like, we're not living a charmed life. Yeah, life for sure. happens. But the better your foundation is, the more you know, the more self-awareness you have, the more structure you have in place for when times get tough, the easier it will be to get past those tough times and get to the point where you're feeling grateful, where you're feeling hopeful. And when you're actually at the point of thinking, there's an answer for this. Like, we are still doing that. I mean, you were 
very negative four years ago. Uh, yeah. And, you know, th- this is never going to change. I'm never going to get out of this. This is hopeless. And I feel like you in particular have done a really great job of being like, okay, you know, I can figure this out. And I now I'm positive <laughs> that we're not going to get anywhere and never figure it out. No, but it's, you know, it it is a process. So um, show yourself some grace, but also don't be a victim also. So... And I think that concludes our geometric uh, pyramid circle square topic. <laughs> and now it's time for our product of the week. How? How, everybody. So uh, we are going to get into our Wayback Machine. And uh, we are going to highlight some of the essential products that we talked about many episodes ago. And one such product is a food scale. That's true. If you have been listening to this podcast for two years and you have not yet gotten a food scale, now's the time to do it. It certainly Seriously. is. It is an essential element to my weight loss uh, success, to the journey, to the adventure. And we've got actually got two scales at home because And we, I just got a travel one for uh for Christmas. And I keep one at work in my desk at work so that I can weigh stuff at work when it comes up too. Like I cannot live without it. And it is if I don't have a baseline I will always err on the side of whatever is going to allow me to eat the most calories. Dude, yeah, that heaping tablespoon of peanut butter is was basically my entire life. Like whatever yeah. didn't fall off the scoop was my portion. Yeah, and you got really good at balancing peanut butter yeah. on scoops for sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a Jenga tower of creamy peanut butter Exactly. Oh my goodness. But get a food scale, weigh your food, even if you just do it occasionally as a like, gee, I wonder how much peanut butter I'm actually using. Hey, I wonder how much pasta I'm actually eating. Well, I used to do it with mayonnaise. Even when after we started down this particular path, I was still not really measuring like mayonnaise. And I was like, oh, that's probably a tablespoon. And then one night I was like, okay, I'm going to actually measure this just to see where I am. And I was, it was something like, you know, three tablespoons and mayonnaise is so calorie dense. And delicious. Yeah. That I was, you know, so it is really easy to fool yourself if you don't have that hard evidence in front of you. And uh, I will link to a couple of good food scales that we uh, that we like in the show notes um, if you want to order something from Amazon. Um, but I highly recommend uh, getting something just so that you know exactly what it is that you're uh, and how much you're eating. Yeah, and if you want more information on how to use a food scale, uh, you can go back. Donald will put it in the show notes because he's the guy who does the show notes. We did an episode episode called The Wizard of Ounce. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. The uh, where, Wizard of OZ for ounces. The Wizard of O's, uh, where we talk about uh, grams versus ounces and uh, how to measure and weigh and the uh, the value of it. So go back and uh, and listen to that. But uh, but really, it's it's been critical for me because I will always take more than a portion uh, allows uh, because that's who I am. So I uh, I need checks and balances, and I get that on a scale. And that is your product of the week. How? How, everybody. And I think that is the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We are grateful for each and every one of you. And um, if you enjoyed what you heard here, 
and uh, would like some more, you can find us on our website, uh, weonlylookthin.com. And if you go there, you can click on the link at the top, uh, which says join our support group and find more about Walt Place, W-O-L-T, We Only Look Thin Place which is an online group, uh, support group for women, uh, women like you who are, uh, you know, we have some maintainers, we have some people who are just starting, we have people everywhere in between, and um, it is about support, it is about challenging one another, um, and uh, about lifting each other up, and really just having a place where people can go uh, and find other people like them who are struggling, and find solutions, find answers, and just be able to vent like we talked about yeah and uh and sorry no dudes allowed because guys just never really participate in our groups when we do them like we we do have a couple of uh gentlemen who have reached out to us asking for support but uh but bros just i don't know they just don't ever participate in the group so it's for the ladies it is for the ladies so uh (laughs) you can also find us on facebook instagram and twitter at we only look thin you can email us at we only look thin at gmail.com if you have any questions or tips of the week that you'd like to share and uh if you uh could help us out we would really appreciate if you would go to apple podcasts and uh, at least rate us um and what would be even better is give us a quick review uh just say something like you know we're super awesome and hilarious and uh (laughs) definitely the funny part we we take that very seriously um but that really helps to grow the show it helps uh, people to find us um the more comments the more ratings we have the more likely it is that we'll come up in searches when people are looking for uh you know, health and fitness and weight loss sort of things. And uh, we would really appreciate if you would do that. So after listening to this episode, we've learned that pyramids come in many shapes and sizes. (laughs) And if you are still unclear about the difference between a $25,000 pyramid, a pyramid scheme, food pyramids, (laughs) Egyptian pyramids, or hierarchy of need pyramids, just remember that Donald and I are... An inspiration, Asian, Asian. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program. <laughs>